What's going on, guys? It's Seth back with another Defense Wins Fantasy, part of the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. And we're getting closer and closer to the NFL draft. And what I really wanted to take some time to look at is first off, we're we're doing the reviews. We're trying to figure out some players and and give some values. We'll be doing that leading up to the draft. But something that I read this week that I really wanted to share is a lot of data and a lot of information regarding the value of IDP players based upon where they are drafted in the actual NFL draft. Some of it's kind of obvious, obviously. Higher you get drafted, the more value you have. But it's very interesting to start looking at some of the trends. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. We're going to kind of just dive into what it all means. So if your team has taxi squads or practice squad players that you can put on there, what players, if they're IDP-wise, are worth actually hanging on to? Some players, maybe you shouldn't waste the roster spot on them because it's just not going to be valuable enough. We'll dive into that information today. And I want to give a shout-out to uh, IDP guys. This is uh, their article that I kind of want to break down and, and kind of give my own thoughts and opinions on some of this. But it's really good information, so shout-out to them so that we can go through and kind of get you hyped for the draft and also set your expectations at the right level so that if one of your favorite players doesn't get drafted into certain spots, it might mean more than you think it might mean. So what I mean by that is if a player isn't drafted in the first two rounds of the NFL draft, if they do not go in the actual NFL draft in the first two rounds, they have a significantly harder chance of being relevant, i.e. top 24 in their position, going forward for their entire career, but majority of it is going to say first two rounds and you've got yourself a player. And that's what we're going to dive into tonight to show you what the math says and what historically we've seen. We're going to start talking about linebackers. And we're going to talk about the rounds that they are drafted in. So over the span of 10 years from 2011 to 2020, there were 21 total players drafted in the first round. 29 in the second, 36 in the third, 39 linebackers in the fourth, 50, 45, 46 with the last three rounds, respectively. So going back up to the first round, of those 21 players that were drafted, 17 of them can be considered hits. And... When they hit is something that we're looking very, very, and we're investing a lot in. So first round players, 41% of the 17 that hit. So four guys were just flat out busts. But of the 17 that hit, 41% of those, or 43% of those, a.k.a. nine of them, broke out their first year, which means they finished in the top 24 of their position in fantasy. So, if you're drafting a linebacker in the first round, there's a 40% chance that they're going to be a top 24 linebacker for fantasy in their rookie year. 29% will have a breakout in the second year. So, what that means is it's not counting those 43. Those 43% could continue to be good, 
but 29% of players that were first-round draft picks would then have their top 24, first top 24 season in their second year. Followed by third-year breakout at 5%, then it's 0% for their fourth, and then there's a little bit of a blip on 5% for a fifth. Essentially, if they haven't done it by year three, they're not going to do it. Honestly, even if they haven't done it by year two, you can kind of cut bait. So if you're looking to make some trades or move people around or just take a take a, you know jump ship, abandon ship on a guy you drafted a couple years ago, if he hasn't done it in the first two years and he's a linebacker that was drafted in the first round, sell the value that you have left of him because that might be the last chance that you get. Somebody might still be optimistic, and that, based on the numbers, is just not going to hit. Round two, 16 of the 29 players were hits. Again, 21% broke out in their first year, a.k.a. six of those players broke out in their first year, five of them in the second year, two in the third None again in the fourth year, and then there's a little bit of some smattering. One interesting, one guy, or two guys, broke out their seventh year in the league, which to me is just crazy, but at that point in time, they're a waiver-wire pickup. So again, first two NFL seasons for linebackers that are drafted in the second round is when you're going to get those players. So... I said, that's 11 of the 16 broke out in year one or year two. Ten players broke out in year three. With this one, it's a little bit more interesting. So if you drafted somebody in the third round, that's where maybe hanging on to them a little bit longer because 11% of those people break out in the third year comparative to six and six the first two years. So essentially number-wise... Two players broke out in the first year. Two players broke out in the second year. Four players broke out in the third year. None in the fourth. So basically, fourth year, everybody's terrible. It's <laughs> Except for fourth round, fourth years. They have the highest percentage. But essentially, again, you're going to know within the first three years. And the guys that are drafted in the third round or later tend to start having a little bit of a later breakout. Why? Because they weren't high draft capital players. They probably were raw. They probably needed a little bit of development. That's why they didn't get taken you know, as a day one starter. But then they become relevant and might be value added to your team. But essentially, you should not be drafting anybody past round of round five or later is just the the odds of them hitting are minuscule. Round five, 50 players drafted, eight hits. Round six, 45 drafted, four hits. Round seven, 46 drafted, one player made it into the top 24. Now, basically, if you don't have a practice squad for third and fourth round, there's no reason in drafting them. In redraft leagues, you might as well forget about drafting any rookie that's not in the first two rounds. Absolutely not. Like, just don't do it. You just need to understand that this is this is just math. This is data. This is understanding what happened to this 
these players, and they're going to get the opportunities. And that's what we always talk about is opportunities breed success in IDP leagues. First and second round guys are going to get a chance to get on the field because their draft capital is high enough that they have to. So that's what it's important. So we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll move over to defensive ends. So we're talking about defensive ends, and even with that, that we've even broken it down even more, okay? So there's defensive ends picked in the first 16 picks, and then defensive ends picked from 17 to 32 in the first round, and then second round and continuing on. If you have a guy that is drafted in the first 16 picks of the NFL draft, and he is a defensive end, there is a 32% chance that he's going to finish top six at his position. 32% chance that they're going to finish in the top six of defensive end. So 46% chance that they'll finish in the top 12, obviously adding in this, you know, the six. So that's 30, you know, the 32 is already assumed that they're in the top 12. So 46 overall. 64% chance, if they're drafting the first 16 picks of the NFL draft, that they'll finish in the top 24 of their position. And then there's a 71% chance that they are going to be a top 36. So if you start three defensive linemen, then there's a there's a 71% chance if the guy was drafted in the first 16 picks of the NFL draft that they're going to end up being at least a defensive end three. 32% chance that they'll be a DN one, DM top six. But if they were taken 17th through 32nd, the chances of them hitting it in the top 36 drops from 71% to 36%, with their top six hit rate only being 14%. Extremely interesting. The, you go into the second round, they only have a 3% chance of hitting in the top six. While, you know, let's look at, again, if, if we're looking at round two, there's a 31% chance that they end in the top 36. So what that tells me that if a player gets drafted in the back half of the first round, they're just as likely to hit as a top 36 player as a second round defensive end. That being said, there's the upside where they have a 14% chance of getting to be a top six guy compared to a 3% chance. I know it's a lot of math, and we're kind of just going through all of this, but it's really interesting to say that essentially, if you draft a, a D end in, his, in the third round, I'm sorry, the fourth round or on, they're not going to finish essentially in the top 12. They have a very minuscule chance of being a top 24 guy. And if you get past the fourth round, has a 20% chance of them being a relevant starter in a 30 with inside the 36 top players. But after that, I mean, it is, it is ghost town. So don't be drafting a guy that got drafted in the sixth, seventh, fifth, sixth, or seventh round at defensive end and thinking that they're going to be somebody that adds value to your team year one. It's not going to happen. The one thing that I find very interesting is just the sheer magnitude 
of the ability of these guys to become so relevant to be in a top six so fast if you, they're drafting the first 16 picks. Granted, I get it. You know, you were talking about Miles Garrett. We're talking about Nick Bosa. We're talking about Joey Bosa. Chase Young's rookie season was phenomenal. So it makes sense. You know, There's a lot of guys that were drafted up in that position that have hit because they have the skills that are translatable to the NFL immediately. It's just very, very fascinating that the cutoff is in the middle of the first round is so significant from being a 71% chance of being a top, uh, a, a DN3 to a 36% chance of being a DN3. Know where the players got drafted. Pay less attention about the hype going around, but other people are talking about what even maybe I'm talking about. If I forget about this important data and just start spewing off how excited I am about certain players, the data is what's important. When you're building a team, when you're trying to understand what the best value for your money is, let the NFL experts do it for you when it comes to defensive players. I mean, that's what it's telling me right now. They, When it comes to defense, they know what they're looking for, for the most part. Looking at D tackles, I know we just talked about DNs. Once again, top uh, picks 1 through 16. Top six at their position, 37% chance that they're drafting the top 16 picks. 80% chance that they're a top 24 defensive tackle by the end of the season, their rookie season. Back half of the first round, 18% that they're still a top six player, 53% that they're in the top 24. And then you, after you get to round four and on, you don't have a chance of them being in the top six. You don't have a chance of them being a, a D tackle one and you have a very very small chance of them being relevant into the top 24 the fact of the matter is dns d tackles round one round two that's it the rest of the time you're gonna have to hope that somebody develops and gets good enough and i don't want that on my team if i know that that's gonna be the case then pay attention to the guys you like. Let somebody else draft them when they do nothing in the first two years. See if they drop them or trade for them for a very minimal price. It's just that simple to talk about and just to understand. Round one, round two, yes, sir. Everything else, I'll pass. And that might be, you know, the part that you're like, okay, well then, if I'm stuck between do I take this wide receiver in the fourth round or do I take this D-tackle or D-N that fell to the fourth or fifth in the NFL draft, take the wide receiver. There's, the hit rates are, are better. Granted, they take a lot more of them, but you'll know very fast if they're getting value on the, on the, getting on the field and everything like that. You might not get that with a defensive lineman and you're just waiting and they're getting a bit of a rotation and it's never going to actually happen until maybe year three or four. Continuing on with cornerbacks, now this is something that um, I'll elaborate a little bit more on, obviously. Round one, 39 players between that same timeline, 2011 to 2020. Only 18% were in the top six, 28% in the top 12, 54 in the top 24, 70% in the top 36. Going to the second round, it's 12% in the top six, 20% in the top 12, 37 Top 24, 46 in the top 36. The margins between first and second round are much more, are much closer with cornerbacks than it is with any other position. 
because cornerbacks that get on the field is what you want. Rookie corners are great because the other quarterbacks are going to throw at them to test them. And if you're a second-round pick, you're maybe just a step slower than the first-round pick, and that's why you might be getting a little bit more tackles, so you're staying a little bit more relevant, but you're still good enough to be a starter, so you kind of have that going for you. After that, though, no, it's again, it, it that's just going to be situational if a guy happens to get injured and you got to throw somebody in there. But that's just round one, round two, and then end of end of list essentially right there. In fact, round three, you have a zero. They had a zero percentage of anybody in the top six, and only seven percent as a cornerback one. Twenty percent that they were even relevant in the top thirty-six corners. So no, thank you. I don't need that. That's uh, that's something that I'll just pick up on the waiver wire. I'm not gonna take a risk on some of these guys. Then when you look at safety, you got 20% if they're in the first round, top six hit rate. 35% that they're going to be a top 12 safety. Top 24, it's 60%. And top 36, it's a 75% chance. So if you take a if you take a safety in the first round, you got a three out of four chances that they're going to be at least a, a safety three on your team. And you got a one out of five chance that they're going to be an absolute rock solid stud in the top six of their position as a rookie. But let's talk about, you know, are they going to be startable if you're starting two safeties? 60% chance that they're relevant. 60% chance. That's great odds. You go into the second round, top 24 safety, 41%. So it's a 19% drop off, but still 62% that they're going to be a top 36 safety. And they have just, you know, 17%, so almost as good of a chance of being a top six safety if you're drafted in the seconds as if you're drafted in the first. But the consistency and safety of of the first-round pick is much higher to make sure that they're going to be at least relevant to be able to start on your team. Round three and round two is the part that's very interesting in this, where it's very similar top six hit rate. 2% difference in top 12 hit rate. Top 24 and top 36 are are almost almost identical. Top 36 is 42 compared to 62. But if you do like a safety that gets drafted in the third round, if you feel like you went to a good scheme, that's where I'm saying, okay, the numbers to me tells me that there's enough of a chance for me to take a risk. Once again, you go to the fourth round, and there's no chance that these guys are finishing in the top 12. Sixth, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round, all just it's not gonna happen as a rookie. That's where those guys are gonna need to get developed. That's where those guys matter on on how long it's gonna take to get some of these guys relevant and out there. So essentially, what I'm saying is the draft position, which obviously we know matters, but it really, really matters when it comes to defensive players, which tells me, again, it's less about the scheme that you think they fit into, and it's much more about the draft capital that the team is investing in them. The team is drafting them in the first two rounds. They're going to make sure they fit the scheme. So that's part of it. They know that they fit. But two, if they don't, you don't feel like they fit, that team's going to try to make them fit. And that is what gets really interesting. 
So the other part of this that I wanted to go through, which I thought this is the part that is very interesting to me. Okay, so they break out as a rookie. So what? Who cares? What does that mean for their career? So if you have a breakout season in year one, you're essentially guaranteed to have three years of top 24 talent or top 24 production within your within your career. The average for all the positions are essentially three years or more. Cornerbacks is the weakest, which everybody's, I'm not, you know, you shouldn't be surprised about that. They get too good and then they don't get past two. But outside, and that one kind of pulls the average down because then you get into safeties and they're at three and a half years of relevancy. You get into linebackers and they're at almost four seasons of top 24 averaging. But then you get into DNs, which are four and a half average years that you're going to have a top 24 DN if they have their breakout in year one. Okay? And then D tackles is over five years of relevancy if they break out in year one. Okay, so let's put that together. Let's put that together with the defensive ends. Basically, we'll call it four and a half. We'll round up and say five years just to make everybody more excited about the news. Okay, so you got a guy that if he's going to break out and hit into the top 24 as a rookie, he's going to have five years of relevancy in the top 24. And I'm here to tell you that if that uh, defensive end gets drafted at the end of this month in the top 16 picks, you've got a 64% chance that you've got a, at worst, DN2 for the next four years, next five years. That's pretty good odds. You can't say that about a lot of positions. You can't say that even about some of the running backs or wide receivers that the hit rate is that strong. Furthermore, we go and we look at the D tackles, right? They're the they're the t- cream of the crop. Same thing. If they get drafted in the top 16 picks coming this draft, there's an 80% chance that you have a defensive tackle two for at least five years of production. Now, does that change how you're looking at some of these tra- uh, trade prospects? Does that change how you're thinking that maybe I can get a guy that's going to be a top-tier guy for the next five seasons? Does that change when I'm going to trade that guy out? It, it Trade for somebody, trade back. There's such an opportunity. And what gets a little bit more interesting, albeit, is the drop-off, right? So if a D-tackle gets drafted in the first round, or sorry, breaks out in the first year, you have five years of relevancy with that D-tackle in the top 24 average. But, if he doesn't break out till year two, his average drops from five to two years. Five to, well, okay, two and a half. We'll, we'll, we'll make it a little bit more positive. Positivity, glass half full. Two and a half years. If he doesn't break out in year one, you've lost half his career as a top 24 relevant player. 
D-end, four and a half years if they break out in year one, down to less than three and a half years in year two of relevancy. Linebackers. My, you know, everybody's fun-loving position. Essentially four years with a year one breakout, two years with a year two breakout of top 24 relevancy. That maintains about the same in year three. If they have a year three breakout, you have a bit less than two years of relevancy. Granted, these are different players. We all know the data sample is from different time frame, different players, but it's a 10-year sample size. It's very relevant. There's enough there to see correlation. There's enough there knowing that these guys in the NFL scouting departments focus and understand exactly what they're looking at. So if I'm telling you, if your guy doesn't get drafted in the first two rounds of the NFL draft, pass. Pass on him. You're going to have some flyers. And Jacoby Dean could break out this year and be extremely great. But again, the average for his position as a year two breakout is only two, two and a half years relevancy in the league. Okay, so could he be three? Could he be one? Could he be, yeah. Why did he go in the third round? Injuries. So all these things come into, into, into the light when you start understanding a little bit more about the data behind it. So when you're really looking at what matters and when you're building your draft boards when the draft starts or your fantasy draft starts, all of this needs to be taken into account. If a guy that you thought was going in the top 15 slides till 2025, that could significantly impact their chance of being relevant year one. So make sure that we understand this information. And going into next week, we'll start looking at some of the actual players that will be in the draft. And remember that defense, as long as it's taken the first two rounds of the NFL draft, wins fantasy. We'll see you next week.